you so much for letting us into your ears today. We are about to catch up with Ali Gotti. So much to talk to him about. Plus, today's interview being delivered to you by my friends over at GoPuff. GoPuff is changing the way you get things delivered. Thousands of items available right in the palm of your hand. From home goods to electronics to booze to snacks, whatever you need, whenever you need it. Go puff it. Come on. I go puff it. They've changed the way I live. Try them out today. Download the app and save $10 off your first two orders. All you got to do is use the code Zach10 when you are checking out. Go puff it. You won't regret it. Zach10. Use it. You'll save 10 bucks off your first two orders. Okay? Okay. Appreciate you. <laughs> Ali Gotti, let's go. I'm going to fuck it up. Uh, Ali Gotti. You got it, man. No, I fucked it up. No, Ali Gotti, you got it. <laughs> it rhymes, Ali Gotti. You know? It does rhyme. It, it, you that's, know, that's the easy way to remember. Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, it rhymes. Your life is really interesting because mm-hmm. you've you lived in two other places pretty much before Canada. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, I mean, I was born in Yemen. I, I probably only lived there for like a year, so I don't remember anything there. Uh, but I'm I'm Iraqi, so my parents are from Iraq. They left Iraq because uh, I think it was like a war or something at the time. I'm, and so they they like kind of like escaped to Yemen and then they moved to um, Abu Dhabi because um, my mom yeah so that's that's where I like grew up like young grew up and then Canada's where like all my formative years happened so, uh, Toronto Canada okay so at, how long were you in uh, at what age did you leave Abu Dhabi Abu da- I was there until I was in grade three which was probably like what eight nine years old I think something like between eight to ten I don't know the exact. Which is a really uh, interesting place to grow up, even for that uh, that amount of time. Yeah, and especially at that time when I was there, it wasn't like how it is now. You no. know, like now it's like very modern and everything's built out. Like I, when I was there, it was still kind of like there was like skyscrapers, but it was still a lot of desert. And I didn't grow like grow up in the city. City it was kind of still like the outskirts. So it was definitely very secluded. When I moved to Canada, I was like, whoa, like this is not what I thought the world was like. Did was, you grow up with like expats there? No, because because we were like. No, at that time, not really, because my mom, my mom was a doctor, so she was working at like a hospital. Dude, I grew up in like a really weird area. It was like kind of, the, it was like a border city to the next country. I don't remember, uh, maybe to Saudi Arabia. So it was not even like in the city, city, and it was like a gated kind of community, yeah. but more like a gated like, like every everything you needed was in that community. It's like basically all the doctors and nurses lived there. Totally. And in there, like they provide you the house. You don't really have to, you don't can't really buy houses there, out there unless you're from like uh, yeah, UAE. It's, it's really yeah. weird. And so they give you the house. And you're just like, this is where you live. And so it was it was different compared to Canada. It was completely different. Like, you know. So uh, when do you start making music? Do you explore it at all in Abu Dhabi? You know, like now when I look back at it, it's like I definitely was singing all the time. I, ca- I couldn't even remember what I was singing. It was definitely Arabic music. I do remember like like finding about 50 Cent back when I was still young because mm. my older brother would like things like that. But I like to sing and my siblings would make fun of me for it. Like, oh, you suck at singing. Like, stop singing. Or, like in the shower, I'd be singing so loud. Or, like, oh, the neighbors can hear you or something. But that's me looking back at it now. Like, my dad got me, like, a cassette player, I remember, for my birthday. So clearly there was an interest. But, like, until I became an artist, I never looked back and be like, oh, dude, I was always really interested in music. But it was just, like, a thing I did. I didn't. I never thought I'd be a singer. I never thought I'd even try to become a singer. So what changes in Toronto? Toronto, I mean, even early on, dude, I'm, like, from, like, for like immigrant family. My parents left UAE for, like, a better life in Canada so we can get education, right? So the whole plan was always, like... My parents' plan was like, I'm, I'm one of four siblings. Like, we're gonna move to Canada so these kids can go to university and get good jobs. Right, that was the whole thing. So that was ingrained on like, in my mind. It was never like not an option to not go to university. And I didn't hate school, but I was good at school, but I didn't love it. But I was like, I could do this. So in grade, I was in grade 12, my senior year. I was like, um, just doing my university stuff. Like, I applied to a bunch of schools, and I didn't get into the one school I really wanted to go to. So I decided to do like a. It's called grade 13. I don't know if you guys have that here. 
So it's like I opted in myself, even though I had a bunch of university offers, um, and I kind of wanted a little more time to decide what to do. So I did grade 13, and in that year, I kind of realized, like, dude, do I really want to do this? Because I got in into school, and I thought it would make me happy and feel proud, <sighs> but I wasn't. I was like, dude, this is not what I want to do. I still ended up going to one semester at university, and then I was like, this is just not, this is not it. And I was kind of making music at that time. And when I seen how much I hated university, I was like, I can't waste my life doing something I hate. So when do you realize that music could be something real? Is it that Joe Budden contest that you took I part mean, in? I mean, like, that was like, I started in 2016, like, started making music. I was a rapper. I was going by Ali G at the time, so it was, it was, it was a different branding. And because Toronto was not cool to be a singer. It was like people make fun of me. So I was rapping for a year, but it was still very like just rapping for fun. And then 2017, I think is when I won that contest. That was the first time I ever was like recognized. And I, I got, I made money, I made $3,000. And I was like, dude, maybe I'm not just crazy. Because I always thought like I'm one song away, like I'm the next Post Malone. Because like you'd see that happen. Like Post Malone just drops White Iverson, he becomes the biggest artist. <laughs> or we saw Nav blow up because he's from like Toronto. And it just happened so quick that I'm just like, it's just gonna happen if I just keep dropping music, one song is gonna go randomly become big. It was kind of like not the smartest mentality, but that's what I thought was the way. The Joe Biden thing was a good like, kind of positive affirmation, like okay, maybe this is right, but it wasn't until like a year after that till things really picked up for me. But that was good, cause like between 2016 to 2018, early 2018, there was like all failure, and that was like the one success. So it probably helped me just like, at least something's happening. I bought like an iPhone and stuff. I was like, oh, I got my own phone and stuff. So I was like to keep swinging, you know? It kind of gave me that little push to keep swinging, you know? Uh, yeah. That's like, uh, it's weird that the internet, like, and that contest could give you that validation to keep going really genuinely, probably maybe when you needed it. But mm -hmm. when did you want to, like, when did society tell you that you couldn't necessarily rap, but you should be singing? I don't even know if it was society. I think like me rapping was, I, I love to rap. So like I love rap music and I still like rap now here and, that, here and there, but that was more me like, it was it was more like Toronto culture. Like people just, it, it was not cool to be a singer. They're, like yeah. think about it, what, how many singers really come out of Toronto. Obviously you have like Justin Bieber, but that's like completely different route. Yeah. But like a guy that looks like me, that's like grew up like me, well, like immigrant, there's no, like there is no singers. It's like The weekend, but mm -hmm. he's a different type of singer too. No singers have ever really come out of Toronto. There's like Jesse Reyes, girls, yeah. Mm. But guys, if you think about it, it's like Shawn Mendes. But Shawn Mendes is like still different than me, you know? So you did it because you felt like you had to. I felt like, yeah. It was definitely like... Like you you, yeah. you liked rap, but you felt like... I, I liked rap, but I also like Ed Sheeran is one of my favorite artists. So I, I knew I, I liked to sing more. Yeah. But I never thought to do it. And I think I was just trying to be cool. And maybe that was still like when I was still insecure and I wasn't maybe making music because I want to, but I loved rap. So it's not like that I didn't love it. I just, at some point I made a love song and people liked it and I was like, dude, people like this way more than my rap, so maybe I just do this. And then that's when I realized like, dude, this is what I really love to do and this is what I'm actually really good at. And there was no one doing it, so I felt like this is my pocket where I can outshine everybody because there's like a thousand Toronto rappers. It's like such a hard market to break. Every artist in Toronto is like a rapper, right? And so I was like, I'm a, and, and they, had a different image than me and like i was like uh, uh, the the rap community wasn't really going to accept me anyway um so i just became a singer <laughs> did you feel like the rap community wasn't going to accept you yeah definitely like there's this there's this page called six buzz in toronto I don't know if you guys know it. it's like it's like our world star it's, it's pretty okay. huge and at that time i paid six bucks to like post a video of me rapping and everyone was just like hating i'm like who's this dude <laughs> there was like because i just didn't look like every other rapper and just people like were just like being closed-minded i was like maybe this is not the best way for, this is not the best route for me to go and yeah, I made like a love song and it just worked way better. And I was like at the first one I made. And so I was like, I was always singing and rapping, but then I like really focused on singing. And that's when things started to pick up for me. Are you talking about Moonlight? 
so my first my first actual song that kind of picked up was a song called Losing You. But that was the first time I did like because I kind of blew up doing before snippets were a thing. I was like doing snippets. Yeah. I was like in my car singing my songs. And so there's a song called Losing You. I did that kind of got like a little bit of buzz, maybe like a hundred thousand streams over a month. And I was like, this is crazy. And then I did a song called Can't Lie, and that got like in the, a million maybe. And then Moonlight was the next one. Moonlight was like even then, like, dude, Moonlight did ten thousand streams the first day. So like now looking back, it's like a platinum record. But it's it ne- I never had like the oh my god overnight. It's you was the first like huge like 1.5 2 million streams the first day on the charts. But Moonlight was the one that got like the rest of the world like record labels and managers and definitely that was a song that opened everyone's eyes like oh this could could be something. Yeah, it, it got people talking. Yeah, it, it got put you on radar. Yeah, it put me on radar like music industry wise for sure. But Moonlight. that I mean that the truth is like behind every like big big hit they're they're usually. In, in long-standing careers, there tend to be like a couple other ones behind yeah. it, you know, that grow yeah. over time. My overnight success moment, it's like people don't people don't realize how many like nights of failure there. Like there was like thousands of nights, and there was a like even though it's you was kind of like the song that really made everyone find out about me. It was like there was a probably a hundred songs before that no one ever w- will hear. Do you still you have know? them? I have everything. I go through like voice notes. I have all my voice notes, and that's how I usually write most of my music. So those go back to like 2015 and I have them on my phone. Sometimes I go back and get inspired and they were pretty bad, but it inspires me to be like, dude, like how did you pull, how did you get from there to, to here? And sometimes it's like, I don't, I don't take things in the, in the moment, but when I look back at like how, how things have changed is when I can really take in like, damn dude, like I dreamt of being here, but now that I'm here, I'm dreaming of something new. And so it's good sometimes for me to reflect. That, so I, I I mean, was there any trial and error? There had to have been trial and error between you rapping and trying to croon and like yeah. find your voice. Yeah, I mean, my first song was like a rap song. My second song was a singing song. So I, w- I was back and forth. But when I say singing, it was like when I really like doubled down on like love songs. And like I used to just freestyle all the time. So I was just like freestyle and I would never write. I would just like freestyle songs and then maybe put like the freestyles together or just freestyle all the way through. That was like the first two years of making music. When I started writing is when songs got like exponentially better and the and the streams got much like the the attention got much bigger when i really started like writing songs and taking more like a po- po- poetic or like a poetry perspective to like every lyric needs to matter these songs need to like i can't just say a line just because it rhymes and that's when i realized dude i love writing more than i love singing and so i just focused on that because i never really thought i was a good singer i still struggle with that now i'm i'm pretty like insecure about my voice but i'm not, i'm very confident in my writing ability so i think at some point I just was like, dude, who cares? And people like my voice, like you know. So I was like, okay, people like it, but I still struggle with that, to be honest. Do you think about selling some records or giving some records to other artists? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to do that, but I think like, for me, it would only make sense if it was like in the in like if an artist was like, dude, I love your music, let's write together. And then I was in a room with them and understood what they wanted. I have a bunch of songs that like I wouldn't mind sending to people if they wanted it, but I feel like I don't know if people really get placements like that anymore. I feel like the big writers, sure, but. I'm more into like let's get in the room and write it together so I can make sure to give them what they want. But dude, if someone ever heard one of my songs and I wasn't using it, like I'll, I'll gladly, I'd love that. I'd love to build my credibility as a writer. You know? Do you need to come out of a session with a song? I've been like recently, man. I'm doing most of my sessions at home alone or like with my engineer. So like, why? I just I don't know. Like I started like that, right? I started alone. I don't produce, so like I'll be me and a producer. Like people would send me like uh, loops, like piano or guitar mm-hmm. loops. And I made all my big records like that, right? And then I got kind of big and I got like a manager and the label and they were like, you need to work with writers. And I did that and I met a lot of cool people and made a lot of cool songs. 
But I do feel like now, like reflecting back, I lost a bit of my my sauce and myself in doing that. And now I'm trying for this next album I'm working on. I'm trying to go back to like, I might do a, like an almost no collaboration on the, on the writing side and just go back to writing how I write because I feel like I had a specific way of how I made music that was a little different. Maybe that's what gave me kind of the attention I got at first. Mm. And then I think I got caught up in like, oh, I need to make a pop radio here. I've never been on radio. I need to this. I need to make an urban song. I need to make a song that has like more energy. It can't just be ballads all the time. But I think that was outside pressure. That was like management label. And they just wanted me to like improve and like uh, uh what's the word like transform and not just stay like in in a box but i think there's a balance i need to find you know but that pressure is intense like the like it is the, the want to have a pop radio hit and like to yeah. do it all yeah. like you can really get blinded mm -hmm. by what that is i think that's what happened to me it really blinded me and it made me start making music for the wrong reasons like oh i'm when when, when i try to write a song because i want it to be a radio hit like that's that song has no love in it. it that's that defeats the purpose of why i want to become an artist right you're supposed to just make music because you love making music and let the world decide how they feel about it um when i realized there was like a year where i was like trying to make hits and also because i had had, had a hit and now it's like i need to follow this up and like i can't fall off and so that pressure gets to you it's like you know i know you always said like what if that's your that's the one you know and so that that crosses your mind um and especially because like management and record labels like they they like i feel like you know they build off the big moments you know they, oh, they're yeah. not as good as building off the small moments but i kind of built my fan base off the small like consistent small and just like staying organic there. yeah and then i had that big moment but it wasn't like i never been in, like i'm gonna make one song and put all my money into it and like just force people to like it it was like when the people liked it that's when i would go all in and i'd put everything into it and so I, it's it's a balance. It's not like my management and label are wrong, you know. That there's a that is a formula that works. But I'm starting to notice like the more I spend on a, on a music video, the more I try to like make something feel big, it like doesn't connect with my fan base. And I think maybe it's because it was the fact that I was never trying to impress you that impressed my fans, you know. And so I'm really trying to get back to that. Like, I'm, how do you have that even realization? I mean, like, I always knew, you know. It's like in, as a, as a creator, as artist, I always knew in my heart that like my gut feeling is right but like i also i'm like not ignorant enough to be like dude like my manager is successful like he manages the weekend and doja cat and like he's not he's not like a no-name manager he clearly knows what he's doing my, my record label executive he's not these aren't people that like just started and they've been <laughs> so i'm like i gotta try their approach get their advice and i feel like now i've tried it enough to understand the fine balance of like okay i can't just make the same love ballad over and over but that doesn't mean i gotta try to become like Justin Bieber, you know, I gotta just find my pocket of, you know, because Adele's been making piano ballads her whole career. Totally, she's fine, you know, she's one of the, you know, <laughs> Ed Sheeran like he liked albums, but like he's still Bruno Mars. Like a lot of these guys stayed who they were, you know. But then there's artists like The Weeknd who didn't, who changed a lot, and it worked really well, right? And so there's no, I'm starting to learn there's no right or wrong. It's just I gotta do what I want to do because I'm the one who has to be Ali Gaddy at the end of the day, That's... right? And I, ha I have to be able to live with the person I, the persona I create. And, and so I think that's why I'm, this next album, I think I'm going to just try to make a full album alone and just make it sound as much as me as it can. And whatever people think of it, that's up to them. It's not up to me. What were you trying to do on Who Hurt You? Were you trying to make that for you or were you trying to make that pop hits? Yeah, I mean, Who Hurt You, like, the, the real, like, purpose for that for me was I really wanted to close the chapter of, like, because for me, like, we were talking, when I met you, it was, like, was kind of almost at the peak of my career. I had It's You come out. 2019 summer and then what if i told you my two biggest songs come six months apart and then i had a sold out world tour everything was great and then COVID happens right and so 
a lot of people did blow up in COVID, but I feel like I I would blew up right before. He did. And so COVID killed me. Like no one blew up like in February, March, April, but everyone was like everyone that had stuff ready for the stat summer is that's when they said because everyone was at home. Mm-hmm. But it hit me like at the worst time because it's when everyone was scared. Like the stock market crash, nobody would care. And I had just dropped music and I had like a tour. So I wasn't planning on like my plan was to go on tour. And then it was like my manager was like, dude, like March we got sent home or like and he's like, dude, don't worry, like two, three months, things are gonna go back to normal, we're gonna reschedule the tour, right? And so I'm just waiting and like I lost kind of at the peak of my career all my momentum. Mm-hmm. Just like what do I do? What do I do? And then it's like, okay, no, maybe we need to make music. And so that kind of hurt me, I think, a lot. And so, yeah, I mean, but even it's I, life, it's you, life, you know. You still, bro, you're about to go on a tour. Yep, in finally. Ad- in addition to that, it is life. But also, we live in a world where you can drop a record tomorrow change and it can change everything. And that's the cool part. That's what keeps me going, man, because it's happened to me. So I know <laughs> it can happen. And it'll happen again. And it's like nowadays, it's even easier. It's like, dude, I might make a TikTok and change my life. Yeah, you know, like there might be a clip from this interview that change. It's totally. like that's the cool thing about being an artist, which I love the most, is, and I'm trying really hard to like stop chasing those moments because it's like they'll come if they're supposed to happen. And I truly believe in like the power of like you know manifestation mm-hmm. and the universe. Yes. And like I truly believe the more you chase something, the farther you like it's like you're pushing it away. So I'm trying to just like live in the moment, enjoy it, go back to making music because I love making music. And just be myself because at the end of the day like if i become the biggest artist or not it won't matter if i'm not happy right and so with who hurts you to answer that question is like it's half what i wanted but it's half like i wanted to close that chapter of those records right they never got to be on an album and it was like they just were, they were on an ep and so i kind of wanted to close that chapter um and you know I, I i wanted to go on tour and a lot of those songs like some songs I made a long time ago. It was a really weird album for me because like I had a bunch of songs that were supposed to be on the last album and then the album never happened because of COVID. And so it was like, it was kind of difficult. But while I was working on that, I, I was working on this current album that I'm working on now. Uh, so I saved some songs that I think are better than some of the songs I put out because I wanted to do a full album that's like me. Like proper. I'm just for me, I don't care what anyone thinks. Like I'm, if my manager doesn't like him, I'm be like, dude, this is what I like. If you don't like it, I'm putting it out. This is how I want to put it out. And I just want to go back to doing things different because I feel like that was what, what like made me special. So, when you think of the ideal era of your career so far, do you think is it you? What is it? What? No, no, you is not the album. It's before you. you. Yeah, I mean, you was like my first EP. I did two EPs, and then this "Who Hurt You" was technically my first album. Got it. Um, but yeah, I mean, because I mean, I saw I Moonlight came out in August 2018, right? And then I and then I signed around then. And then I didn't put any music out till June 2019. And I was like really upset about that. And a lot of that was just like, my previous managers were like, no, like it was that whole thing. You need to go to LA, you need to work with new producers. You can't just work with the people you've been working with like in your hometown. Like totally. it needs to feel bigger. Like these, and but I Canada was Canada is such an amazing place to make music. It is. And also I, they support yeah. artists like nobody's business. It's true. But I got caught up from that time is when I got caught up in like, I should have just been like, dude, I've, I built myself here alone. And I got every record label in the world interested and everyone wants to sign me. And like, I should have been confident enough to be like, I don't care what any manager or anyone thinks. Yeah. I'm going to do it my way. Uh, but I didn't. I think I got caught up in like, but then six months later, I dropped the biggest song of my life. And it's the first song ever with the label. And as, as much as it was good. And then now the label's expecting like every song to be like that. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Like, <laughs> this is like some viral, like I believed in the record and I did what I could to promote it. But 
a song that big is kind of out of your control. Like the world decided that song is going to be what it is. And then, the, so I had pressure from day one to follow up. And it was like, that's when, you know, but the, I, I dropped that EP, it was a good EP. And I did the tour off that EP and it was sold out. Things were, were going fine. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm working on just like letting go of that pressure and not let, cause it's not from me. I don't care if my next song is the biggest hit. I just care if my fans love it and if I'm improving and I'm having fun. Do I would I want it to be a hit? Obviously, you know it's nice to be like recognized for but your again, work. But again, it will come. Yeah, and I truly believe that. And so I think I'm gonna just let everyone in my team know and be like, "This is what I believe." If you don't believe it, that's on you. You know, like. But but the truth is, like, dude, I I mean, you have you have hits under your belt. Yeah, I have a couple, definitely. You, you definitely have a community yeah. of people who follow you mm -hmm. and still listen to your music every day. Yeah. You have a tour that we're embarking on. I'm excited about that, man. Link in the description below. How do you assemble the arrangement for this tour? Is it you in a band? Is it you alone? Yeah, I mean, I'm try I've been trying to figure that out. My first tour, I did four-piece band, but for the size venues, I feel like I kind of it, it killed the, the 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 stage, and I was just kind of like like stuck yeah. in my own corner. So now I'm trying to decide between like three-piece, maybe two-piece. I definitely want a drummer because I feel like that gives shows mm. the energy. Um, so I, I might do a two-piece band. Because I, I want to learn how to use the stage, you know? Because I've only done eight shows ever, right? I'm not, I'm no experienced performer. Still to this day? Till I, I did six, like, Coachella? The, the show, yeah, I did six shows in North America. LA was the sixth one. And then I did uh, Malaysia, Cairo. And that was like my world tour. Then it, we got sent home, right? And I did Dubai. So I did, so I've done, that's what? That's nine. And then Coachella. So I did, <laughs> and Coachella was twice. So that's 11 shows to my name. That's like including any performances. I've never even done like, Performances at all, like you know, I've done. Like, are you nervous? I'm pretty nervous because, like I said, my my voice is the thing I'm probably most insecure about. Um, because I'm like a studio rat. Like I I learned how to sing in the studio, yeah. and like that's a completely different thing than singing live. Um, Coachella helped because that was way more scary than what my tour will, will be. I think because I knew most people there probably didn't know me or they didn't come for me for sure. But my tour, I'm like, dude, like when I get nervous, I'm like, dude, these people pay money to see you, like. They're gonna have fun. They're there because they want, no one's forcing anyone mm -hmm. to come. Um, but I can't say I'm not nervous. I'm definitely nervous. And LA is my second show, and that's like the most high pressure show. I feel like so that makes me more nervous. But I'm trying to let go of those pressures. Like if my fans have fun, I don't care. You know if that's if, priority. If, yeah, like, and they will have fun because they're there to have fun. You know. So when you're writing music today, are you writing for you or for everybody else? I've always kind of written for everybody else when it comes to like the world, right? Like there was a stage where I was kind of writing to try to impress my manager or a label or like the Spotify, Amazon, whatever. But I always wrote like, and I think the reason my records did so well is because I, I never made them too personal. They're always from me and my feelings, but I always wrote it like, how do I get Zach to feel, to feel that? Or like, what's the most relatable like way I can present this idea? And I think that's why they're like, so like people sing along at the shows mm -hmm. and it's like relatable because I'm not like, I'm telling you my story, but it's not so specific that it's like only can relate to me. I'm not like on this Sunday or all I have used days, but it's not like exactly what happened to me. Like, so I try to even be, sometimes I won't even say like he or she in a song. I'll purposely say you uh. or they, because if it's a guy listening, I want to want him to like lose that connection or a, a girl. Applies to everybody. Yeah. So I've always written songs for the world. I feel like. What if I told you that I love you? Mm -hmm. It's a good record. Thank you, man. What was that conversation like? I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I didn't really like think that song was gonna do it. I was when I was working on that song, um, I I got like this loop from my from my friend Sam, 
and I was writing it, and I was like, dude, this is corny. I was like, I'm not gonna like make this. And I was like working on it, and then this other producer, Danny Boy, who I've collaborated with a lot, he's like, dude, you should finish this. I was like, dude, this is so corny. I'm never gonna drop a song. Like, what if I told you I love you? It's just like some like like little kid kind of music. That's what I thought. I was not like, you know, because I was just making music. I never was like making it to. And then he was like, dude, you're tripping. This is a cool concept. So I was like, alright, I finished it. I'm not gonna say I loved it to be honest. And then I I tried like snippeting a bunch of other music. And then I randomly posted a snippet on this and it just went crazy on TikTok, you know? I posted like one or two and they, they did like okay. Then I posted the hook and it was like my biggest social media video ever. And then I was like, dude, people love this. Like, mm. And then I think I started to like listen to the song in a different way. And I was like, dude, this is a cool concept because like as much as it is a kind of corally line, like what if I told you I love you, would you tell me that you love me back? It's kind of like people go through that. And, and that's the kind of beauty in my music. It's you. It's always you. Like, if I'm ever going to follow, it's going to be you. You think, like, dude, that's not a, that's not an elaborate, like, smart lyric. But it really is because it's so simple and it connects. Um, no, instantly connects. You know? And so, and, then, and like, even titling the song, What If I Told You That I Love You, everyone's like, oh, that's too long of a title. I'm like, but that's why people are listening to the song. So it's like, yeah. I, I couldn't say, like, It's You I knew was going to be big. I, I didn't know it was going to be as big as it was. I had a feeling when I wrote it, I'm like, this is, this is a good song. What if I told you, man? Like, maybe I would never finish it if that producer wasn't in the room, so shout out to Danny Boy. Have you had that feeling about another song since? Moonlight, I definitely knew. It's you. Um, yeah, and then I feel like some of these new songs I'm working on, this song I'm working on called Scared of Love. I think I'm going to perform it on tour. It's off my next project. Um, I have a feeling about that one, a good feeling, which is why I'm going to perform it. Um... I had a song called Can't Let You Go that I really thought was going to be huge and it did well. It was like, it did pretty well, but it wasn't like massive or anything. Um, Are you actually scared of love? This song is about the, uh, uh, the, like the other person being scared of love. Uh, I'm not too scared of love, man. I think now, now that I'm 25, like I'm, I'm open to it. I'm not, I'm not scared, but I think I'm so like self-aware now when it comes to that. Like I don't. I mean, I've never been through, like, a traumatic thing where, like, the love of my life, like, cheated on me or something and, like, broke my heart. And if I went through something like that, I probably would be scared of love. And so, but I'm open to love, man. I like it. I even like the idea of heartbreak because it gives life, like, purpose, meaning. Like, yeah. what's love without heartbreak? What's happiness without sadness? What's, like, you know? It's true. So, it's important. You need both. How'd you feel about Butterflies when you wrote it? Did you know that was a good one? Butterflies, I, I, yeah, I mean, Max wrote the song, right? Originally, I know you're a big Max fan. Love right? Max. <laughs> so he made that song, he sent it to me, and I was like, this is a great song. I could, uh, everyone thought it was a great song. And then I couldn't really figure out how to go on it because our voices are so different. And then I was like, also, this is such a personal song. He wrote about his like kid. I'm like, how? I don't want to ruin this song. <laughs> so I tried a bunch of things, and then I was like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, I want to work with you. I want to make a song, but I, I, I don't have anything. Then I seen him start like snippeting it. I'm like, and then I was like, dude, this song's gonna come out without me, and I I like this song, and I kind of got like, I'm like, nah, let me. And then I tried again, and I hit it, and I was like, dude, I like this. I sent him, and he loved it. I I th I knew that song was gonna do well, and it did really well. But that, that's a good sign. He put a lot of positive, like, he was such a positive dude. I'm like, this song's gonna do well because he's just manifesting so like well right now. I'm just gonna ride this like frequency, and he he worked it, man. He he works hard. That, oh. that guy works really hard. You know, I learned and I learned a lot from him. He like. He definitely put a lot Bro. into it, and he, he got the results. I'm you know? telling you, I've talked to more artists. Like He's like in the top 1% of people who just yeah. have fucking been to more radio stations. He works, man. It's like, like, dude, like that's like, I, it's just an understatement to say yeah. works. Like, yeah. it really is. Like, it's it's almost insanity. Yeah. Dude, he directed that video. Like, he was literally directing the video. 
like I think he was a director. I don't know if there was a director. He was like sitting. In, he's like he just like like he's like setting the frame up. I was like, dude, like he's very involved, like and passionate. He loves. He did it because he does it because he loves it, and it's a beautiful song. And like the energy. I'm saying he, that was a beautiful song, and I'm not saying he never wanted it to be a hit or want like success out of it, but the energy was right, and it's true to his sound, and he wrote it about a beautiful thing, and that's the type of music I want to make, you know. With anyone or with, or by myself. So, as you look into the next album, because is that the area you're like kind of focused on? Is what's next? That's why. I mean, I'm like, I have an album almost done now, but I'm gonna go on tour. I'm gonna still keep working throughout the next year because I just dropped an album. I'm not just gonna like drop an album right away, but I could drop an album right now. I have and and like it, it's not like all the songs I've made. These are like the songs I've chosen from like, yeah. So I've been working on this for a while. And just manifest like in my notes, it's it's like the album that will change my life. That's what I'm titling it. That's not what I'm gonna call it, but I just feel good about it. You know, my best friend feels good good about it, who's been with me from like day one, and we just feel like this is the most Aligati I've been. And it's kind of like what you're saying. Like I just truly believe if I put out all these records in a smart way, one of them will work. Yeah. You know, and even if it doesn't, I don't care because I know my fans will love it for sure. And really, that's all that matters. Like if the world doesn't love you, but my fans do, I'm I'm still gonna be here and still have a career. And if I'm not playing 10,000 seaters, but I'm playing 2,000 seaters, that's, dude, like people, that's what I dreamt to be at. I just wanted to make a living making music, provide for my family. I never, like, I don't know if I have the ambition to be like, I need to be the number one artist. I'm not saying I don't want that or like, I'm not working towards that. No, the purpose and the fuel is not derived. I from won't that. be like upset if like I never had a number one song. Some people want that though, which is fine. But that's never been really my drive. Um, but I will be upset if I get be remembered as like, oh, this dude made like corny music and like his music was very like, uh, not timeless. I really mm -hmm. want to make time. I want to like 30 years from, from like down the line, I want my kids to listen to my music and be like, dude, this shit is still fire. You I know, it's to... still, you know, and that's what I'm trying to focus on. Dang, that's, I mean, so that's was, yeah. the right alignment and the right yeah. goals. Yeah. That's called pure intention. Yeah. And I'm trying to just, yeah, exactly, man. That's why we all should be focused on as artists. Totally. You know? And that's the artists that work, that last, are the people who do that. So it's not even like, I'm like such a like smart, nice, it's like mm -hmm. that, why do you think Adele is still Adele or Taylor Swift is still Taylor Swift it's because they stuck true to themselves they never changed they never wavered they never like you know like Taylor Swift could have easily went super pop and she did sometimes but she always came back to like her Swifties or whatever they call her fans like she stuck true to her fans and that's why her fans ride for her forever Lady Gaga is still doing that like those those artists that have those fan bases that's what I want I want people to love me for me and so if I want to change my sound they'll still love me and if I don't they'll still love me um, and that's hard to build but that takes time to build that. You don't build that off a hit record. You no. build that off the like consistent. Yeah, that's it. That's the thing. That's what I want to build. So, do you have a date in your head for this album? I mean, I don't. I mean, I haven't even talked to my management or they don't even know about. It. You guys are the first people to really know about <laughs> it. I mean, other than my friends and my collaborators, so they might be like, "What's what this guy talking about promoting a new album?" Because I just dropped an album <laughs> that I that I love and I'm still gonna promote on tour, right? So, but um, for me, that last album, for me, this is me personally. This might not be like what my brand would have like uh that like last album where you i was me closing that chapter i wanted to close that it's you what if i told you chapter and kind of for me start from scratch now to be like okay i built what i built i have a foundation and how do i now really take this thing to the next level and instead of trying all this new things i'm just gonna go back to how i was what? started yeah because i mean you see it like even gary v talks about it. it's like people blow up on social media and then like i need to like find the new content now and it's no. like it's like Mr. Beast is a good example of that. He just keeps doing what he was doing, just bigger and better and more elaborate. But he didn't just start like making like comedy skits or something. He just kept giving people stuff and being nice. And like, 
I think that's what I'm gonna double down on because I'm that's what I think I'm the best at is writing like dope love songs that are lyrical that are emotional are they always ripped from your reality or do you imagine for the most part like I definitely exaggerate sometimes like I'll feel something and then I'm like how can I make this more painful like you know and so like I I've sometimes like imagine like let's say like I go I go on a bad date but like or like let's say I, sometimes like I'll meet a girl for example and like we don't even go on a date but I'm like I start thinking about like what if I did go on a date with her and then like it was three dates and I fell in love with her and then this happened and so it comes it stems from a real emotion but sometimes I like you go. turn it into a different story and then take that and take that or sometimes I just like my friend goes through something uh, dude sometimes like it's weird like I just hear music and like words come in my head and um, it just happens like it's not necessarily like this is what I went through and then later I'm like oh I can understand why these lyrics happened it's not like coming out of nowhere but I, that's I'm, interesting yeah, I'm trying to be effortless with this next album I'm trying not to try to make music or try to write a song this, most of the songs that I'm working on have just come, I couldn't even tell you where how they were made they just came to me and it felt right and I wrote them um, so you don't set time to sit down and make music it's just whenever nature no, calls I mean no before like see, when, when you book studios <laughs> and stuff it gets weird because you're like dude I'm paying $2,500 for the day like I need to make a hit like <laughs> this is gonna add up but now that I'm working at home and I always was working at home before but it was like and it's like, even sessions, like the fact that I have like, okay, dude, on Thursday, you're working with this writer and this producer. And it's like, what if I'm not feeling it on Thursday? I don't know. Or like, what if Wednesday was a great day and now Thursday I'm like out of ideas. I, I don't like that. I don't like that idea of that pressure. So now I'm just like, yeah, if I feel, I, I go on TikTok live a lot and write songs with my fans. Like oh, I'll that's just, yeah, really so I've been cool. doing that. So some of the songs on this next, next album are from that. Um, wow. And I like that because it's like it's I, it's documented. Some some of the fans have those clips, yeah. and so if if something happens one day, one of those songs, there's like a whole. And I'll go on for like an hour and a half sometimes. I'll sign, I've written full songs on live, and That's like sick. see before like people would be like, you can't do that. You're leaking the whole song, and it's like, dude, who cares? No, because like, they're only getting a, a glimpse of the beginning process. They're and, not and, getting and, the end result. And even if let's say it is the end, let's say I make a song start to bottom, the whole song is leaked. And like it's, and it's I, I truly believe, like, dude, if the song is magic, it, there's nothing that can stop magic. Like, there's totally. nothing that could stop. Some like you know, and and that's what I'm trying to focus on. Like, dude, I just need to make the best music I can make, that I think is the best music specifically too, not like what I think you might think the best music is. And dude, like if the world doesn't love it, like well, I'm not gonna go to people's houses and force them to like my song, right? It's like <laughs> it's not up to me. It's like my one of my producer friends, Danny, we always say, it's like, dude, you don't make the hits. The fans make the hit. That's true. You make the song, and you can make the well, your favorite song, but you don't you don't get to dis like I don't decide if it's a hit, right? No, the and neither decide. do the p and even now you see like. As much budget as you are, you could be the biggest mm -hmm. artist and put all the playlists and all that. Doesn't matter dude, shit. You could, and now people know when it's like forced. Like, dude, like you could tell, things are things are happening because they're happening because people love it. And I think the fans know how to like read between the BS now. They know, and so being authentic is how you build community. And I'm trying to focus on that. Yeah. The internet has made people both incredibly stupid and also smart. Yeah, right? and you can just tell when something's forced, man. Yeah, you just, like you feel the energy is off, especially with music, because like. It's supposed to be such a pure thing, you know? But, but uh, There's nothing I hate more than a forced feature. Do you think features are important? Yeah, like, I, no, I don't. But, like, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. You know, like, I think, yeah. I mean, on se you have 17 songs, there's only two features. Did yeah. they both come, like, naturally? I mean, we talked about Max, but how yeah. about Kalani? Max was definitely very natural. Kalani wasn't as natural. I mean, Kalani's a dope artist. There's nothing to take away from her. But it was definitely, like, my management and label. Like, we need to get a big feature and, like, I I've like met her at the video. She was great. She's awesome. But like we don't like me and Max were friends. Like he mm -hmm. he started that. I mean he he reached out I think to collaborate or maybe I had reached out. I don't know. But it wasn't just like 
here's a song and like here's my fee and like let's just do it mm-hmm. and like I'm like okay like I'll come for an hour for the video it was like a friendship I went to his house met his family yeah his parents yeah I went to his parents house like he showed me a studio he like <laughs> gave me advice like it was a we became friends and then the collaboration was easier to it was like you know and and I supported it as if it was my own song mm-hmm. because it felt like that it didn't feel like this is Max's song and I'm just a part of it and Kalani was still like that she still came out to the video she showed love she supported it but it wasn't as natural um and I think the fans could tell, man, you know? Mm-hmm. you know? And there were some other features my label wanted me to do, and I'm like, dude, like, no one's gonna, like, th- th- it's like, I'm not gonna say who, but it was like, big artists, but I was like, dude, like, people are gonna look at this and be like, what's going on here? Like, we know these people don't, don't like, know each other? mingle, or like, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. And it was like, I think I'm over that. I think that's just me and being insecure, maybe, and allowing, like, external factors to, oh, but like, if I have this, like, Kalani's a huge artist, like, she's selling arenas, and like, obviously, it kind of makes me look bigger. Hmm. But I think it's like fake, it's like, but like, do Kalani fans really want to listen to my music? I don't know. Like, it's pretty different. You know, yeah. I don't know. But and, also, is the song good? And see, like that song was good. I like the look a lot, and I shouldn't be like, I guess, down talking my own music. But I'm just here to be honest. And it's like that's not my sound, right? Yeah. And so I think a lot of my fans were like, "Dude, this is a cool song," but what does this have to do with like with what we came here for? And yeah. I think my issue, and like I've been saying, is like I need to get back to focusing on my fans and what my fans want. But and that's all that matters. Like, but this album you have sitting somewhere. It's the, the fans that. will love it. I know my fans will love it. Now, will my fan base grow and will it become huge? That's In, I don't know, right? TBD, it, but that's okay. But I know my existing fan base, like you know, like my core fan base, the people who are gonna come to my shows, they will love it because I know what they love because I know, I know why they're here, bro. You feed them and the rest will fall into place. That's what I'm gonna focus on, and I think I'm gonna have like that conversation with my management label before I go on tour and be like, look, when I'm off tour, when I'm done tour, because I'm gonna say this to my fans on tour. I think. I'm gonna let them know because I like talk. I, I'm planning to talk during my show. Like, I've seen some shows that people just kind of music all yeah. the way. I get bored at those shows kind of, and like I feel like you don't sell your personality as much. And I've always been big on like, dude, there's gonna be people there who like only know one song, you know, or two songs, or some people just get dragged to be there. Like, oh, like someone's girlfriend might bring him. He's like, I don't want to listen to this dude mm. sing. <laughs> and like, I think the way to win th- those people over, and and also win the fans that love you over, like they know the songs and they know I have a good voice. They like my voice. That's why they're coming. But if I can sell them a little, not sell them, that's the wrong word. If I can like show them a little more of my personality and make them be like, oh, now I remember why I like this dude. This is why I paid $30 for whatever to come here. I think that's the stuff that lasts, you know? Oh, yeah. And obviously music lasts forever, but... Um, no, people want to so, get to know you and look you in the eyes and like yeah, have a conversation. So I think I'm going to try to have that conversation with the fans and be like, yo, look, this past year or two, maybe I haven't been like as... Like I haven't given to my fans how much I wish I did, you know? And... And I kind of, I really strayed away from what got me here. And I think that was my biggest mistake. But I think now I'm very focused on like, I'm going to stick to my roots and what I believe in. And I really do believe in my heart. If I do it long enough, I'm not saying the first song I drop. In my head, like every song is going to be the biggest song. But I think if I just consistently release the music that I love, that I believe in, something's going to, something's going to click. Oh, fuck yeah. I I truly believe that. That's how it worked the first time. It's how it worked. And... But when when it worked, then I had no doubts. You know, I never said like I'm gonna blow up in June. I was like I'm gonna blow up for sure, and I just kept putting out music, and it worked. And now it's been very more, more like the album's coming this day, so I need this single on this day to be the big one because it's gonna promote my tour. And it's like, dude, that's so backward. Yeah. That now I'm just be like, no, no, no more pressure, no more. Yeah, I'm just gonna manifest, make music I love, release it. Let 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 the like, go, let, go back yeah. to what started this whole fucking thing. Exactly, man. Is this why you've never opened for someone? Because like your fan base is very important to you. My first opportunity to tour was uh, 
to open up for Alec Benjamin, and it was just like right when it's you came out, and me and we, that. me and him had like a friendship. We're still really, he's like one of my closest friends in music. Uh, I just went to his show; it was awesome a couple of days ago. Um, and I was supposed to go, and then I was like, at that time, and I had a different ma- management at the time. I was like, yo, I really think I could sell my own show. It's not as big as Alec; he's established at that time. But I was like, why don't I just do my own shows? And then no one believed in me. My team didn't do They're like, no, you can't sell your own shows. You just have one song. And I'm like, trust me, I'm not just like a one song. Like I know this song is why a lot of new people come, but I I have bands. Like mm-hmm. I know. And they were like, nah. And then so I posted, I posted on Twitter. I, I wrote to you like, uh, where should I come? Where should I do my first show? And then I like uh, screenshotted it and put it on Instagram. And dude, I got like 50,000 comments or something. And I was like, dude, what are you guys talking about? There's a lot of, <laughs> and they were like, no, like Instagram doesn't connect to like real life. And I'm like, and I was like, dude, these people are not believing in me. And so I canceled. And nothing against Alec. I'm a huge fan of Alec, to be honest. Like, a very big fan of his music. But I was just like, dude, like, I could have my own show. And, like, I want my own show. I don't want to sing for someone else's fans. And then I'm going to know who I am. And, like, also, like, it just feels cooler to be like, yo, I'm, like, these people came for me. And I don't care if, like, I could play in front of 10,000 people with a superstar. I'd rather play for 700 that want me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's when I realized, kind of like, dude, am I in the right management situation? Like, these people don't, like... Tell me I can't do this. And then, like, I sold out a world tour, like, months <laughs> later with my new man. It was just like, nothing had changed. And I was, so it was like... You got to trust your gut. I need to get back to trusting my gut because I think... You should hear all yeah. opinions, but ultimately it's up to yeah. you. I need to just... Yeah. And honestly, I, I've started to learn now, too. Like, um, like I'm kind of tired of, like, I'm not going to really show too much music, I think, to anyone other than my fans anymore. Because, like, sometimes, like, I write a song, like, that, the Scared of Love, I love, right? I think mm-hmm. it's amazing. And Ozzy loves it. He's my best friend, so I always show him. And like my engineer, we write whatever. But like, what if I show it to my manager and he's like, dude, I don't think this is dope. That's gonna kill my excitement. And it's gonna, even if I love it, it's like, yeah, I might even play it for you and you might like it, but not give me the reaction I wanted you yeah, to have. Of course. And then that kind of like ruins all my excitement. And I'm like, dude, I've done that so many times. Don't. And it's probably ruined like the frequency in which like, Russ had this thing where he was like, dude, artists don't act on um, like enthusiasm anymore. Because like, I write a song and I want to release it by the time my label and manager and everything aligns and timing works song comes out like seven months later I'm like dude I'm not even like excited anymore yeah, you know I'm not but back in the day it wasn't like that for me like I wrote it to you and snippeted it the next day yeah, and then it was like and that still took like six months to come out because it was like no we need to talk to write and I'm like dude like everyone wants this song people are begging for a song why am I gonna put it out even now I see it like independent artists like they have like viral stuff on TikTok and they're like appreciate I'm like dude put it out like you, uh, you, yeah. they, they, you might not this might not last more than a month this, and so it's like but people like have this like we need to build it. I need to shoot a video. And people don't care. And no. you know I mean? like if you have Dude. that ready and you were and you knew, then great. But I put it to you out with no video. The lyric video has like I don't know how like four hundred million views, and the music video has like a hundred. It's like people don't care. Yeah, we want authenticity, and people want to be understood by the songs yeah. they listen to, and they also want to escape. Like, and you do that. So go back to what that was. Yeah, and I think yeah, people are, are not realizing. I, I knew this early on because I was doing the snippet stuff before. Dude, my label used to get mad at me for snipping. Like, you're leaking your music. I'm like, who cares? I didn't know. I was like, what the, well, like, great, people are listening. This is amazing. Like, but now it's like that's like the only way to put out music. You have to leak it on TikTok. Yeah. And so I'm like, dude, I've been doing this. And I gotta find a kind of a more creative way to do it because everyone's doing yeah, what I was doing it. before. So I, I'm trying to find a way to kind of reinvent the wheel. But it's also like, you can't wait too long, man. You can't wait too. L- if you have like a huge viral trend, then you're good. Doesn't matter. That won't matter anyway. Then. But if you have like a little bit, this is like for like more independent artists advice or even like sign artists, if you, have, if you see a little, if people are asking you to give music, give it to them. Because because the other way is you're going to put out music and you're going to ask them to listen yeah, we'll and they're not going to listen. Them. You know, so it's like, Fuck and you got to, like, what's that? It's like 70,000 songs come out every week or something crazy like that on Spotify alone. It was like, 
even this whole idea, like, I, I think I'm going to tell my label, imagine, like, I want to drop a song, like, every three weeks next year. Like, mm. every, or at least every three weeks. And then people might be like, but you're diluting the market. I'm like, dude, like, I'm not, like, Michael Jackson. I'm not diluting the market. No one cares. My fans <laughs> are going to be happy. Like, who am I to think that I'm going to dilute the market? Or, like, like wh- who am I? People don't care. Like, the people who aren't checking are not going to check. No. And then people might check, like, week three and not, or, like, month three and not month one. But they're not going to be like, dude, this guy just released too much music. I don't like him anymore. Like, it's like, if okay, Drake can't do that. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Obviously. Like, dude, you're like, but I'm like, I'm not at that level where it matters. And, like. I think there's too much overthinking, dude. Totally, you just gotta keep. Swinging. I think there's too much overthinking. I'm, I'm gonna take that approach. That's... I'm like, I'm just gonna swing, and just believe that these aren't half court shots. These are like three point shots, and I'll score one. And I might not score. I might have like a ten percent accuracy, but that's all you need. And, keep and, shooting. And I'm gonna keep shooting, man. That's that's my I mean, goal. All you said it. All you need is a ten percent yeah. accuracy. You just gotta hit in music. You gotta hit once. You can hit once and be good for life, yeah. right? And that's not even my goal. I'm not even trying to like, oh, I need a hit so I can like buy a Lamborghini. Like, I don't care. So it's like, the worst case is I put out a bunch of music next year and nothing becomes a hit, but my fans are engaged, active, happy. Fed. And I'm, I have a bigger catalog than I started. That's, that's that's my worst case. It's like amazing, you know? And the best case is one of them takes off and then like, great. I just keep, and even if one takes off, you have, you have a hit, you can't release more music. Like you're going to kill the song. Nothing no. can kill a song, bro. <laughs> like I'm starting to learn that. Like I've always thought this, but I kind of got too labely. I think that was my problem. I got too much in the system, and the reason I was always big was because I was not labely. Dude, I released. Yeah, you weren't the system. I released Remedy and Moonlight, which are two of my top like ten songs, two weeks apart, mm. and they're Moonlight's like platinum, and Remedy will probably be gold soon. You know, two weeks apart. They didn't kill each other. It's like nothing. People don't, like. It's not. I don't know, but I could be wrong. But this is what I want to do, and I'm going to do it, and time will tell. You live, you learn, you grow. Yeah. And I got to be different because every other artist is taking that label approach. Yes. And they're doing that. We have two singles, two big videos, one big feature, album comes out, pre-save out. And it's like, cool, if you're like, if you're Taylor Swift, yeah, that'll work. Because everyone's tuning in. Like, yeah, you can, Taylor Swift can drop an album tomorrow, be number one. It doesn't matter, you know? But she's built over the years. Yeah. Like, But when you're me, it's like, nobody cares. Like, people care. And I don't want to say that. I don't want to sound negative. But I have the freedom to do whatever I want. And like, even if it doesn't work, like okay, my fans are never going to be sad that I put too much music out or I was too active on social media. Like, So it's like, what am I scared There's of? I'm no scared of the people lose. that don't know me that might not ever have been my fan anyway. It's like, yeah. No, this is the right gamble and the right thing to do. I just don't even think it's a gamble because what no, am, what am I going to lose? It's not. You're losing nothing. Nothing. It's no. worse how self-aware you are. Yeah, like the, my worst case is I, go, I gain zero fans and I lose maybe some like not fans that were the kind of fans were like this dude's annoying he's making too much music like but like no, you like me because I make music like I can't see anyone being like this no. dude just put out too many songs okay if I go crazy about a hundred songs or something okay maybe then no one will be excited to and- listen to my stuff and not every song can sound the same that's for sure I got to be diverse maybe I'll do some rap stuff like so that's important like if I just drop like ten ballads in a row I could see it getting boring like dude like what's going on but even then man like no. I- I, I think I'm switching up my approach. Next year, I'm really going to try to reinvent the wheel and really show other artists, too, that, like, you don't have to go down... You don't need to do, like, the standard rollout. And I, I think that, that that's dead, to be honest. I agree. Opinion. I agree. And, like, TikTok is proving that. Like, you know? Next year, like, maybe, like, eight months, nine months from now, come back on our show. We'll do a stats yeah, update. Yeah, we'll, we'll, do, we'll, do we'll do a stats uh, comparison. Yeah, we'll do like a nice side yeah. by side. Yeah, we'll do it. You know what we'll do? We'll do, I think the Spotify rap thing or whatever, like, you know, the, I don't know if Amazon and Apple do that stuff, they're like year end. Yeah. We'll see this year and we'll see next year. <laughs> I'm trying to convince my label and manager, but I'm, I'm just going to tell them. I'm not even going to ask. I'm going to do this is what I want to do. If you guys don't like it, then 
figure it out. Like I'm doing it. This is this you're is on the record. Now. Yeah, like yeah, I'm doing it. I mean, hopefully, they, I tell them before they hear this. I'm like, I'll, t- I'll tell them this week. But I'm just, dude, I believe in the plan so much. I've put so much like positive energy and manifestation into this next plan that I have to at least try for myself. Yeah. I'm gonna tell them this. Let me do this for like my mental health. Like, I need to know mm-hmm. if I'm tripping or you guys are. But I, if, if they believe in you and, and they believe will. in the art that will. you put out, they're gonna support you. I, th- I have a great, okay. I have a great relationship with my label. They've never. They give their advice, but they've never like tried to force me to do it. So I'm not like. Also, I don't want to make it seem like I'm blaming my mm. management and label. It, we've been all together. I'm like, dude, the future would be cool. Like Kalani is an awesome artist. That would be nice. So I'm trying and learning. But every time I try something new, I'm like, dude, why don't I just do things like how I did before? Like that's always worked better. I don't yeah. know. I've rambled about it, but I'm passionate no, about it. it. I'm excited. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. passionate about it. And dude, like yesterday, I went through all my songs with my best friend, my two best friends, uh, and my engineer. And they were like, dude, this is this is like this is gonna work. They, we believe in it. And I'm like, dude, this is like, it's the most confident I've felt in a while in my music. And I feel like that's when things work too, when your energy is aligned and you're like, oh uh, yeah, you know, if I'm doubting myself, why would the world believe in me, right? And so, amen. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go hard this next after this tour, and and I'm starting it smart because I'm gonna promote one of the songs on you tour. Should. I'm gonna sing it, and I'm gonna tell all my fans like, dude, I'm singing this for you guys because you came to my show. And so th- that song, the first song is going to have its in kind of grown fan base from tour, right? And so, and I'm obviously going to snippet it and stuff. And so I think it's, I'm kickstarting it in a cool way. So hopefully that helps. I'm just stay consistent, man. I'm excited for you. Thank you, man. I'm, you, I'm glad you guys believe in my, in nah, my, in my fuck yeah, I, uh, I really do love the music you've been putting out. I you, love man. where you've started and I'm so thank excited you. to watch you keep going and you got to see him on tour. There's a link in the description below. Also, if you want to. Uh, listen uh, to all of uh, Oligati's discography. You can listen to it on Amazon Music, but there's going to be a link to listen wherever you want below. What are you thinking over there, Daniel? Shout out Johnny Orlando. He's joining you, right? Johnny Orlando. We actually made a song together. I, I wonder if it's going to come out before tour or not. He sent me a song. He's cool, man. He's like Loki from one. the same city I'm yeah, from in, in Canadian. Canada. He's from like Mississauga. He was born in the same city I grew up in. Cool dude, man. Awesome dude. I'm happy. Uh, it's just crazy because like when I first got the tour thing started, I was supposed to be an opener and now I have my own opener and it's like Sick, man. I'm excited. I think the fans are going to love him. I'm excited, dude. Like, this tour has been... I've never been on tour. I did six shows. It's I wasn't crazy. really a tour. Like, there's a tour bus and all that. There's a whole <laughs> there's a whole thing behind it. And I'm just grateful because most... Like, Max, he's like, dude, you're getting a tour bus? Like, first tour? Dude, I was like... We're driving like a van. Like, True. his wife was selling merch and stuff. And I'm yeah. like... Yeah. And that's probably why he's such a good performer. Max is an amazing performer. Dude, Max can perform uh, to literally two people and love every and second And the thing is, it. he's just so confident. And he yeah. comes... Because he came out on Coachella with me. And I'm Did like, he come twice. He came both nights, yeah. And he was just, uh, I was like, dude, I could learn from this dude. Like, he's yeah. just not scared. You know, I don't even think, he, I don't even know if he gets nervous. Like, he, but he's also, he's like, dude, I've done a thousand shows probably. Oh, that's yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I've done eight. Like, it makes yeah. sense. Like, I could see, you could see the difference. His mic stopped working. He like grabbed my mic. That. He was, he didn't, I was stressed. I was like sweating. I was like, his mic's not working. What am I gonna do? But no, he was flawless. He he's such a good performer. Alec too. Alec Benjamin, yes. same same mm-hmm. kind of thing in a different way. And so I'm glad I have friends like things that can learn from them. And I asked him advice. Like I was, I was just at Alex show in LA, and I was like, dude, like, how many outfits do I take? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, dude, should I like fly for? It? And he's like, it's good to have that. And Alex like real with me. He'll like tell me straight up, like, oh, dude, by the way, like this market's selling really hard right now. Just like be careful. Like, don't worry. And he's like, even things like, dude, don't worry if like a show doesn't sell out. Like, don't let it get to your head. Perform for your fans. Learn how to perform. Like that's the stage that's you're it. at. You're not. I'm not at the stage where I'm supposed to be. I mean, hopefully everything sells out. And th- things have been moving pretty well, but. Who cares if it's he's like dude if it's 80 percent sold because he knows i'll overthink like 80 percent like like oh, I'm, I'm like i, I kind of overthink and i've never experienced like dude there might be a show that ends up being like 70 percent sold but he's like dude 
you got to factor in like how crazy that is. Yeah. Like, because I'm doing like 1,500 to 3,000 seaters on my That's first so tour. And he's like, dude, like, because he tells me, he's like, dude, I've done like 500 seaters and, and not Alec, but other artists I've talked to, he's like, he's like, dude, I've done 500 seaters and like 30 people come and you do the show, you know? <laughs> and so like, yeah. and so I'm reminding myself. And like, <laughs> by the way, I've been at, First of all, I've seen Alec Benjamin perform to maybe 20 people and a homeless guy with a tambourine at a coffee shop in Santa Monica. (laughs) Sounds like a good show. I've watched Max perform to probably a a room that's made for a thousand, but maybe there's only a couple hundred. And that's why they're so good, man. Yeah, but dude, it's in the shittiest... No no wonder there's a couple hundred. It's in the shittiest bumblefuck Columbia (laughs) at some random fucking casino. In a room you should have been booked in. Yeah. And I watched, and he... By the way... The show that in. Max gives for fucking two people is the show he gives for one hundred fifty thousand. That's why he's a good performer, he's man. Incredible, and that's what I'm. I'm Alex, too, uh, dude. Yeah, Alex. Those guys are like also just incredible singers. Oh, yeah. Those guys like no auto tune, no nothing. They're just like put no, them like, anywhere. They'll start singing, you literally. know. And so, but it's cool to have like honest friends. Like Max sent me like his like this thing you could buy to like uh, like nebulizer a, or something. something like yeah. He's like he, he sent me like a whole like PDF of like. Don't eat tomatoes, because like, I'm like, I love it. It's like, and they're just helpful because they, because we built a genuine friendship, yeah. right? It's not like I don't think Max and Alec are just my friends because because they like trying to get something out of me, and it's no. the same thing towards me. And so like, it's cool to have friends that have done like five tours, and I can ask them advice because like, getting advice from an artist is different than getting advice from even like a tour manager or like or my my, yeah. my musical director. He's done multiple tours, but it's like they don't experience what I'm with the artist experience is a whole different thing, right? And obviously, I got to find my kind of how I can make it the most comfortable. I'm nervous, man. I'm nervous. I've been rehearsing every day. It's I'm, okay. I'm definitely nervous, but I think I'm more nervous about like tour life than the performances. I'm more nervous about like if I'm going to sleep enough or if I'm going to like eat healthy or, yeah, or like being anxious system. and stuff like that. The show itself usually I think is the easiest part. I mean, I wouldn't know, but that's what I'm assuming. <laughs> <Well>, <laughs> you need to go and see him. See if he can fuck yeah. it up or if he yeah. kills it. You're going to kill yeah. it. You're going to fucking yeah. break a leg. I'm excited, man. Hopefully you guys can come to the LA show. Oh, we're inviting ourselves. Awesome. I know Dan will be there. Uh, awesome. yep. But you should go too. Link in the description below. Also, if you want to listen to Aligati's music, link there as well. Final thoughts, Daniel. I think we covered it all. We did. We covered a lot here. Yeah, just believe in yourself. Trust your gut. To anybody listen, any artist that's listening that I know some some artists will listen for inspiration, like you have to trust your gut. And anybody that questions your gut feeling, um, you might have to cut them out of your life, man, because you will not succeed trying to become somebody else. You're mm-hmm. only ever gonna succeed in life, in anything, being yourself, because you're a one of one creation. That's that's the cool thing about you being here. And so that's what I'm telling myself. Next year, I'm gonna be back. I'm gonna Fuck be back yeah. here. And I promise my plan is going to work because I believe it will. I, you're manifesting yeah. it on that couch that has manifest, seen some of the most powerful manifestors in the world manifest shit right there. It's going to happen. Um, and it's like happen. insert compilation of every superstar that's manifested <laughs> something in that seat. And it's a lot. Uh, It'll so work, man. fuck yeah. I look forward to seeing you, Thank you. at your show, but also Thank again you, next man. year. Aligati, everybody. Woo. Pleasure, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and hanging out. Really appreciate you giving us your time and energy. It means a lot. And uh, let us know who we should talk to next. At Sex Sang Show, we're always around. Reach out. Plus, subscribe to our podcast. Share with those you care about. And try out Copuff. Zach10. Use the code. You'll save 10 bucks off your first two orders. Appreciate you. And be safe. Hug your family if you can. At a minimum, remind them that you love them. Don't go to jail. Have a great day. Keep listening to music. Because it helps make the world go around, okay? I'll talk to you real soon. By the way, today's episode is made possible by a few incredible humans, including our executive producers, Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zola, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rodensky. 
Our senior director, Toby Lawless. Our associate producers, Eve Bishop and Claudia Villarreal. Our music is by James Asciutto. Our editor is Camera Carlos Gomez. Our sound mixer is Daniel Chavez-Crook. Our post-production manager is Caroline Rude. And I'm your host and executive producer, Zach Sang. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'll talk to you real soon. <laughs>